HRGrapevine.com. It is the HR Grapevine podcast. Hi there, everyone. Eric Niewerowski, host of The Pod. Thank you for joining me again this week. If you're new to the HR Grapevine podcast, welcome. I'm really glad you're here. This week's episode of the podcast is dedicated to university students and HR and the whole concept of a graduate scheme. Now, for some contextual backup, I think it's safe to say that the coronavirus pandemic and the lockdowns had an impact on pretty much everyone. But in particular, it's been an incredibly tough go for school leavers and university students. And in fact, a survey by prospects on the impact of the pandemic on graduate recruitment found that 28% of university students had their job offered deferred or canceled, and 26% had lost their work placement or internship. That's over a quarter of respondents. That is a lot. That's a staggering amount. So to help me unpack and distill down the benefits of a graduate scheme, I'm thrilled to be joined by Michelle Ransom. She is the talent acquisition manager at Zurich. And Michelle and I are gonna talk about the qualities that graduates can offer in the workplace. Then Michelle's gonna tell me more about Zurich's new revamped approach to graduate hiring. And then she's gonna share some advice with other companies looking to revamp or in some cases start a dedicated graduate scheme. Really important conversation. I feel that HR and businesses sometimes kind of forget about the importance of graduate workers. So I'm glad Michelle could lend her insights. So here it is, my chat with Michelle Ransom, Talent Acquisition Manager at Zurich. So my name is Michelle Ransom and I look after talent acquisition here at Zurich. Uh, that encompasses all recruitment within the UK activity, currently around 5,000 employees. And a big part of my role is also overseeing our early in careers talent. So graduates, interns and apprentices. Great. And that's why I want to have you on today. I want to talk about graduate schemes and this 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 notion of the early entry level employees, right? It seems like they if 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 I reflect on the pandemic and what I what I did during those two-ish years, um it differs a lot from the experience of say 18 to 21-year-olds. Here they're off to university. I loved college. I spent way too much time in college. And all of a sudden that experience, which is a very, it's a huge experience for anyone should they choose to go to university, that was kind of immediately changed, right? And then they're coming into this working world now where basically everything they learned in school isn't really true anymore because we're not working in offices as much. How do we get people onboarded in a virtual environment, someone new to the working world, especially if we're talking in a corporate sort of setting? So I guess... It seems to me that this is like an overlooked group, right? I think we called it Generation COVID, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of qualities that graduates can offer in the workplace. So just to kick it off, what are, from where you sit, what are some of the qualities that graduates can offer in the workplace? I think even pre-pandemic and more so even post-pandemic, I think it's really their diversity of thought, particularly with mm-hmm. early careers, talent and graduates and apprentices. They are the possible future leaders of our organization. And what's more interesting is their perspective and outlook on life because of their generation that have been through such strange times. 
they're really encouraging us to think differently about how we approach things, how we approach our working day and our overall environment, and just really making us reflect on, I guess, what's what's important in life. Um, they've been through a huge, you know, we all went through a huge life-changing experience, but let's remember these people, you know, were were locked in their homes, completing their degree, not the experience that they signed up for, not living in student halls or shared houses and having the huge social experience that comes with it as well. So I think it's a huge learning curve for us all. I think they're teaching us, people that don't know any different, to always being in an office Monday to Friday, nine to five. And likewise, we're probably teaching them quite a lot around, I guess, the social skills that are required and dare I say, you know, the office politics, you know, when we talk about the office, you know, the water cooler conversations, they don't happen anymore. Um, But there is a lot of value around having that opportunity to collaborate and work together still. So I think it's a two way street. They offer us an awful lot of insight. And likewise, we're bringing them on a new journey now. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned something there I want to expound on. They're making you think differently, right? So that comes with everything, I would assume. And I think if it's one thing that we, as a, and I'm, for those of you at home, I'm gesturing widely, we, everyone within work, have acknowledged that priorities seem different now in the last two years. And I think, I like to think that these sorts of, the, the shift in the way we think about work was always coming, but the pandemic just, accelerated it. And what I mean by that is things like all of a sudden work-life balance became more more important. Money, I mean, pre-cost of living, money wasn't the main driver. A lot of it was purpose, um, making sure that personal values lined up with company values. And to me, I think that this younger generation, I pull a lot of inspiration from them when it comes to issues like that, that they are seem to be very unapologetic. Okay. Also, way more open when it comes to, you know, there's statistics where more people than ever identify LGBTQ plus in this younger demo. So it's a whole way to thinking differently. So to be successful in recruiting this young talent, you also have to think differently of how you're recruiting them. Right. And you have done some interesting work at Zurich. Um, can you kind of tell me about some of the revamped approaches? towards graduates at Zurich when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, definitely. I think I think first and foremost, we needed to appeal to the audience that we're trying to attract. So we're appealing to a population who probably have no idea what insurance does beyond a claims handler or an underwriter. Yeah. Um, we're appealing to an audience who have not had work experience. They've not had the opportunity to potentially go and do a little internship somewhere or a bit of summer work experience. We're appealing to a group of people who whose priorities, like you quite rightly said, the pandemic definitely accelerated that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And I think we could be forgiven for thinking a few years ago that it was really only your parents that wanted flexible working, whereas now... You know, this younger generation is saying, you know, we want to work life balance. We want to be able to commit to our hobbies. So we wanted our recruitment process to reflect that. And we wanted it to be a really immersive experience for the candidates. Mm -hmm. So to be honest, Eric, we've thrown the whole thing up in the air. We've thrown the whole process up in the air and said, right, what is it we want to get out of this? Who are we trying to appeal to and why? What's the market telling us about what they want? 
And we've created a process now which is allows them to have much more control over how they move through the applicant funnel. They get to really take part in some immersive tasks that will give them some insight into what life in the insurance industry could be like. And we've centered it around topics which would be of interest to them. So as an example, sustainability. Right. That is a huge um, agenda item for Zurich as an entire company. There's lots of stuff in the press and the media about our commitment to sustainability and what we're doing, you know, not just from an environmental perspective, but a uh, future-proofing our workforce perspective. So we've incorporated tasks in the assessment, which gives them some insight into how we're trying to progress as a company. Yeah. We've also had to factor in, like I mentioned before, you know, some of these people, their social behaviours might have been interrupted or affected by the pandemic. So we've removed that group exercise element. Now, back in the day, the group exercise, you know, it is a good opportunity for the natural leaders amongst the pack to stand up, take charge, in their eyes shine, whereas those that are more introverted would potentially sit back and, and be more considered and concise with their responses. By removing that element, we don't have any of that possible bias that could creep into the process. Candidates don't have that fear factor of, you know, just just the stress of getting on the train to London, finding where you're going, sitting in a room in a group of strangers, feeling like you're on show all day. We've just completely removed that part to hopefully make it a much more enjoyable experience for them. And not to mention, obviously, it will hopefully have an impact on the more neurodivergent individuals yeah. to make them feel more comfortable as they move through our applicant process. Yeah, I uh, I really like that. It sounds like you leveled out the playing field. You took this. I I uh, I'm just comparing. I had a, a visual sort of thing of the impre- of the Apprentice on BBC, right? Where yeah. it seems like it's all of the 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 men in suits that are the loudest, right? That kind of. But the the talent is back there and a talent doesn't necessarily mean you're the loudest one in the bunch. I, you could actually be the loudest one in the bunch and, and maybe not be terribly talented at all. So I like how you kind of leveled out the playing field. And one thing that you mentioned that I, I was going to ask, but thank you for segueing into it is how it impacted the neurodiverse candidates. Cause I think that's something that's, it means a lot to me as a person, but you know, there, there was a, a, a Hold up, I lost my train of thought. Neurodiversity, right? No, not CIPD. Okay, sorry. This is just my mental edit. See, good, see, good thing we edit, right? Um, I've done a few podcasts around neurodiverse talent, right? And 10, 15 years ago, it was a learning disability, almost an immediate write-off for those for, for the, that group. But it's not. It's it's a superhuman, it's not yeah, it's 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 a superpower, right? You can neurodiverse people bring forth a whole new way of thinking to work. So I think it's great that you um, factored in that. How much attention did you focus into the neurodiverse? And I, I and I one last thing I'd like to add. Um, I've heard through other ERG groups with the neurodiversity is streamlining that process for the neurodiverse actually makes it easier for the entire lot, right? Because your your attention is less pulled on how you're going to perform in a group setting. Did you? So yeah, did you kind of? What were the approaches you took to the neurodiverse? And have you noticed the knock-on effect to, towards maybe the neurotypic, towards the neurotypical? I think we've noticed over the last few years that some of our opportunities naturally do appeal to, to a neurodivergent candidate. So our data and analytics, 
our actuarial and finance to a degree do lend itself quite well Mm -hmm. um, to a neurodivergent applicant and they're less group focused in in the work that they're going to be completing it's always been at the back of my mind to make sure with this new assessments that it's not timed Mm-hmm. Um, that you know they're complete they have complete free reign over how long they take the assessments there isn't a clock counting down in the corner that's going to put them put anyone off or make them feel that level of pressure I mean we always offer the opportunity for anyone that is really uncomfortable with our assessments or needs a reasonable adjustment we can offer alternatives to them mm-hmm. one of the other things I forgot to mention was um we've moved to a strengths-based approach as well so This pandemic population, like I mentioned before, won't have conducted work experience or anything. We're not asking them anymore to draw upon and tell us about a time. It's very much focused around what would you do in this situation? Right. If you found yourself in this scenario, how would you respond to that? So they don't have to sit there and panic and think, oh, I've never done that before. That's never happened to me. They can actually just, they can make it up. They can just say naturally how they would respond to that scenario. And again, I think that removes that pressure element when you're trying to think of a response, to think of your strongest example. Yeah. Michelle, I want to talk to you about degree qualifications real quick, if if I may. We sure. read uh, we ran a story a couple of weeks ago. PwC dropped that two to one degree requirement. Um, this whole concept around degree qualifications within the job function is a bit new to me. Um, mm. Don't let my Scottish accent fool you. I don't live in Scotland. I, I'm not from here. Well, I, no, I do live in Scotland. I'm not from here. I'm originally from the states. When my and I remember thinking about my first jobs out of university there wasn't as much of a focus as how you did in college rather than that degree. And, and listen, I'll, there, there's a saying in the States, C's get degrees and I'm total. And that's like average. That's, that's me. And look at me now I'm thriving in, in, in my career. Right. So PwC has dropped that two one requirement. A lot of other like sort of within that big four insurance accountancy consultancy firms are starting to drop that degree requirement. Um, And it's it's backed up by data and a suggestion from the CIPD saying, if you're thinking about these old ways of assessing talent, you're totally neglecting an other skill set. Where are you and where's Zurich at within the degree qualifications when it comes to uh, this entry-level work schemes? So for the graduates and interns, we have retained the 2-1, but it is under continual monitoring. But we did Mm -hmm. lower our UCAS points. Okay. So we lowered our UCAS points from 112 to 96 for the majority of our programs. We are slightly bound by all of our degrees. Um, the candidates have the opportunity to partake in an additional qualification. Mm-hmm. And the, the providers of those qualifications set the criteria. So very much like an apprenticeship, nine times out of 10, you've got to have A level. You've got to have C or above in maths and English. Mm-hmm. That's a prerequisite. We can't override that. And it is similar with some of the providers that we work with alongside the um, graduate programs. Um, But that said, we are continually monitoring. We're constantly looking at who we're working with in terms of the providers. Are they best placed to support us? And we do offer candidates the opportunity to let us know if they have had any extenuating circumstances as to why they might not be on track for a 2-1 or why their UCAS points weren't quite where they needed to be. And we would always look at those on a one-to-one basis. Right. So for now it's intact, but it's, 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 you're, you're not, you're opening it up to that individual conversation. Yeah, That's great. Cause there's, it's not a monolith, right? Nothing, 
It's one thing I learned through all of this. Nothing is one size fits all. It's not black and white having to embrace that gray, right? Um, I did not think I would get as esoteric talking about that gray matter, but here we are. Um, So I just want to wrap it up. Uh, Any advice that you would like to share with other companies that are looking to revamp their graduate scheme or in some cases, maybe start up one, especially for, you know, those sort of SME, smaller to medium enterprises? I mean, first of all, if anyone doesn't have one, I would definitely set one up. I think it's such a good way of securing future talent for the organization. I think it's a great way for our younger generation to get good experience as well. Um, They tend to commit to a graduate program in particular, especially if you can offer a rotational program. So they get to see a little bit of different parts of your business. Mm -hmm. That really gives them a well-rounded view of your industry. Um, And if you are going to set one up or you are looking at changing it, put the customer at the heart of what you're doing. Really think about that candidate journey from the moment they enter your application. Well, in fact, before that, from your attraction strategy right the way through to the opening window of your application, right the way through to offer to make sure that that candidate journey is seamless, a really positive experience. Because let's face it, we get thousands of applications. We don't have thousands of positions to offer. But I want everyone to walk away from the process and say, do you know what? Not only did I enjoy that, but I actually learned something from it as well, which hopefully they'll take forward to their next their next interviews. That's part of uh, that's part of career growth is learning how to take rejection almost. Absolutely. And and and, and learning how to kind of be resilient and bounce back, especially when you're entering the work the the working world that's changed so much. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me this week on the HR Grapevine Podcast. Thanks. Once again, big thanks to Michelle Ransom, Talent Acquisition Manager at Zurich for outlining the new revamped approach at Zurich when it comes to graduate hiring and really highlighting the qualities that new graduates can offer the workplace. I'm in agreement with Michelle. This subset of our colleagues are very important because they're gonna be my boss someday, I think. Once again, big thanks to Michelle and a big thank you to all of you for listening. And I will talk to you again next week on the HR Grapevine podcast.